0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddihy with Nissan on News
1: Talk. But before all of that, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show the LBC presenter Sheila Fogarty. Sheila, it's always good to talk to you. Um, Hello. So, um, Rishi Sunak, uh, to what degree is he skipping around the palaces of Westminster at the moment?
0: <laughs> well, I think he's, it seems to me he's got more sense than to skip around the palaces of Westminster. But he was almost skipping around that factory in, in Northern Ireland that he went to see <laughs> yesterday when he was talking about that. We'll come to that in a sec. Um I think he's he's obviously played this very carefully and very well. And the number of times uh Ursula von der Leyen called him Dear Rishi was quite telling. He didn't he didn't return the favour, but there was obviously a kind of new wall between them that we haven't seen. Between previous leaders, most notably Boris Johnson, of course. I mean, I mean, the, the received wisdom in the last 24, 36 hours is that he did he did the hard work on the quiet before the negotiations. They got the careful negotiations done. He got some good concessions. It's now about the ERG and the DUP.
1: So we'll talk about, we have been talking about the DUP, we'll talk about them again in just a moment and what the yeah. view is uh, in London uh, 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 as to their position. What can you tell us then about the ERG? This is the European Research Group uh, yes. within the Conservative Party. What do they think is a deal?
0: Yeah, this is this is the kind of arch-Brexiter group in the Conservative Party who've been lobbying for years to leave the European Union, decades and decades, ever <laughs> since we joined it, really. Um, and they, they have almost single-handedly really been responsible for a lot of the mayhem that's happened both in the Conservative Party in this country and with the Northern Ireland Protocol um, in Ireland, the island of Ireland generally when it comes to Brexit, because they are such, they're, they're kind of our version of the DUP in lots of ways. They are, you know, they're they they they're, they're more inclined to say no than to say yes to most things um, and they, they do, you can see over the years how Conservative leaders for a long time now, not just Boris Johnson and Therese, um, and Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak, but for a long time have been nervous of this group. But interestingly, yesterday when Rishi Sunak, was it? I can't remember now, was it the day before, I'm losing track of time, <laughs> when he came to the House of Commons um, to address MPs about the Windsor the Framework, um, it, they, there wasn't a peek out of them. So that, that was quite telling. I don't know whether they're keeping their powder dry until they've read the thing whole. They don't normally keep their powder dry. So that was interesting. I wonder whether he's managed to contain them so far. But I would say so far. <laughs>
1: OK, so they, they, uh, they, they might be waiting to see, like the rest of us, what the DUP say. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, well, uh, my understanding is that uh, Sir Jeffrey Robinson met with the ERG. Um, so let's see what came out of that meeting, if we ever do.
1: Well, what is the view of the people you're speaking to on a daily basis uh, as to, not not the Windsor framework or anything, but the DUP no. and their position on all of this. Do people have a view? Are they agnostic? Are they just confused?
0: No, well, a, a lot of English people don't know a thing about the DUP or a thing about Northern Ireland, if I'm honest with you. A lot of Scottish people know they understand the the situation more for one one reason or another. Um, but those that do keep tabs on it, I like myself because of you know historic family ties to Ireland and just have knowledge and interest in it more generally. Those that do, they get that for the you know they, they get that the DUP has this history of being gnarly, argumentative, difficult, um, saying no to things, kiboshing things. You know, remember them coming down the steps after Theresa May's deal was reached and kiboshing it. Um, or threatening it at least, you know. They've in in the UK we've seen all that. But having said that, we, you know, there are there are deep suspicions, suspicions I should say, that the DUP are really just hanging out as long as they have because they don't particularly want to share power with with Sinn Fein. In you know, with with a Sinn Fein first minister in in Northern Ireland and Sinn Fein doing well in the Republic as well. I think there's a nervousness. There's a sense that the DUP are as nervous about that as they are about elements of the protocol.
1: And uh, is the view in London that this is this is generally a good deal that Rishi Sunak has signed? Whatever about you know you you, you talked about, I suppose, acknowledgement that he's done a good job in getting it over the line. But is it a good thing what he's gotten over the line?
0: Well, well, Downing Street is spinning it, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, to the nth degree, and but, but to a degree, they are right in, in in what they are spinning. It's certainly a lot better than what existed before. um it it's, it isn't precisely what they're spinning. They're saying that the green lane provides essentially frictionless frictionless trade um, between mainland UK and Northern Ireland. It doesn't quite do that. But, it, but does it get rid of a lot of the difficulties? Yes, it does. Has it made things smoother between the UK and the EU? Yes, it has. You know, does it still provide for Northern Ireland having access for, to, for goods in the, in the single market? Yes, it does. So in that sense, it's been, it's been received well. And there's also this sense, because the war, what struck me in the press conference, the joint press conference that Rishi Sunak did with Ursula von der Leyen was two things, really. The warmth. And the maturity, there was something very grown up about the politics of it, reminding themselves as much as us that, you know, Ukraine is happening and we need to stand shoulder to shoulder on that. Uh, China is becoming whatever it's becoming. The world hasn't quite worked it out. We need to stand shoulder shoulder to shoulder on that. And the economic difficulties as well. I just think there was a sense that some of that noisy Brexity bluster has, has come out of of the conversation, and Mm. God, it needed to, you know. And and the truth is that in in a recent poll here in the UK about um, the top 10 issues for the next general election, Brexit isn't in the top 10 issues.
1: Well, it's interesting. I was talking uh, to an Irish politician here uh, not too long ago, and they made the point that in conversations that they had had with their counterpart in the Labour Party in the UK, the sense Mm. in that party was, we want Rishi to get this deal done because we do not want to be dealing with this. We do not want to be talking about it. We want to move past it.
0: Yeah. And also, I, I was wondering when the when the deal came out and thought, you know, thought that the elements of it were clearly solving problems and creating a better relationship between the UK and the EU. I thought, mm, where does this leave so Keir Starmer? Because he's been say all he'll say about, about Brexit really is, we will work closely with Europe to improve on the relationship that we have to remove as much friction from it as we can yada 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 they're very vague stuff so he doesn't frighten any Brexit red wall voter or yeah. and um I, I wondered whether whether this was therefore a bad thing for him but i heard one commentator yesterday and and it was I, I kind of agree with them saying what it shows is his version of events slowly slowly improving things can clearly be done so it's been done on the on the the mm. protocol and they can be done on other things you know
1: so we were waiting to see. Uh, as soon as this was announced, we were waiting to see what the ERG would say, what the 1922 committee would say, what the DUP would say. We're all still waiting to see what the DUP would say. The other person we were all waiting to see what Mr. he would Boris say, Johnson. Mr. <laughs> Boris Johnson. It's amazing that we got this far without mentioning him. So uh, he <laughs> said mentioned nothing, him once. has he? I mentioned
0: him once. No, he hasn't. Not publicly. No, um, he has been uh, in cahoots, I think, with um, the ERG as ever. I mean, they're the uh, military wing of the Boris Johnson campaign, (laughs) in a (laughs) sense. Um, You know, they they would have been the very people who would have, you know, manoeuvred to put him back into power, that's for sure. Um, And that's why their silence when Sunak announced it in the Commons was quite interesting. And I wonder whether it's uh, put paid to Cincinnati coming back, Cincinnati's coming back with his plough anytime soon.
1: Yeah, because that that was the, the, I mean, some of the analysis... Uh, almost immediately, certainly within hours of of the deal being announced or the Windsor Framework, whatever we want to call it, was that the fact that Boris Johnson had said nothing was an indication that Rishi Sinek probably had got this over the line or would get it over the line. That that if there was a perceived weakness in there, he would be trying to exploit it.
0: Absolutely. And and I, I think the name is quite interesting. As soon as I heard it described as the Windsor Framework, knowing that the king was about to meet uh, Slavondelet and Fatigue shortly afterwards. I thought, that's interesting. You know, not, n- nothing is accidental in these things, is it? No. And I thought the name is interesting and the King's involvement is interesting because I think that was a... I think as much as anything, the Windsor framework maybe is about reassuring the DUP, you know, that sense of Britishness that they you know understandably want to keep hold of. Um, and I think the fact that the King met Ursula von der Leyen is about you know high diplomacy really Mm -hmm. as much as anything else because when all is said and done that's what he is isn't he he's a he's the uber diplomat the king and um I I think as well as that you know Charles's statement about it is just it's not not unlike the one the Queen put out when the Good Friday Agreement got over the line it's about saying come on let's all together work for peace and work for things to function so I think that was quite an interesting part of it too and again
1: that was, a, that was a boulder in Johnson's way, I think, too. Well, as evidence uh, for the importance of the name Windsor Framework to the DUP was the fact that Mary Lou Macdonald of Sinn Féin couldn't say the words Windsor Framework when she was talking about it uh, in the Dáil the day after. Uh, just the agreement and the protocol. Did she, she did the agreement, the agreement, the agreement. The agreement, the framework.
0: Yeah, the, the framework, the, framework the, the agreement, the, she the she protocol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, Anyway, listen, uh, <laughs> Sheila, we appreciate your time as always. It's great to talk to you. Sheila Fogarty, the LBC presenter.